Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. If you're waiting until you feel ready to up your prices or ready to make a move, like you might be essentially wasting a whole lot more time than you need to than if you would just open yourself up and be willing to walking in that direction and being okay that you might fail a little bit or you know, you might not make a sale or whatever. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week, my guest on The Portrait System is Aaron Jay, and his business is located in Los Angeles. Aaron decided it was time to make changes in his business or he was not going to survive. And with these changes, he went from making $150 per shoot to a $2,500 average. Now, part of this was obviously raising his prices, and Aaron is very open about how it was extremely uncomfortable for him to charge more. But he talks through how and why he was able to do this. Aaron does both commercial work and regular portraits, and something that helps him get more clients is by using a marketing team, which he tells us all about. Okay, it's time to get started with Aaron Jay. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to The Portrait System. Hey, Nikki. Thanks so much for having me. Well, this is actually your second time, right? Because you were on on the episode with Kevin and Ashley a while while back? Yeah, I did the the clubhouse thing a little while back. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm excited this time we get to go in more depth and detail of your whole photographic journey, and and I'm looking forward to it. It's like I feel like I know a little bit about you, but I don't know a whole lot about your story, so I'm excited. Cool. Awesome. I'm excited, too. Cool. All right. So, Aaron, let's start with what you do, where you're located, and we'll go from there. 
Okay, so uh, I'm a portrait photographer. I'm, my studio is based in Los Angeles. Um, I currently also have a place in Palm Springs where I'm spending like the majority of my time when I either have work in Palm Springs or if I'm just not you know, actively shooting on any given day in LA. Oh, hell yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So I'm, you know, I'm just traveling back and forth, but currently I've been in LA for, God, I lost count of how many years, I think like 13 years. (laughs) Um, And in the last year and a half is when I started spending more time in Palm Springs and this, it feels a little bit more like home at this point to me. So that's why Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm out here whenever I, you know, not in the studio in LA. Now, did you say that most of the work is that you do is in LA and Palm Springs is more of your downtime or do you also work when you're out there? I work in both places. I would say most of my work is still in Los Angeles. So it's just a lot of, of going back and forth. You know, if, if I can, I will schedule consecutive days of shoots in mm-hmm. LA so I can just be there for like three days or four days and then come back. Sometimes like this week, you know, I'm doing a couple of shoots in Palm Springs today and tomorrow. And then I have Friday, just like one shoot in Los Angeles. So I'll just be driving out for the day and come back. Yeah. Aaron, I used to do the same thing when I lived in Seattle and I had a studio in Michigan. It's like I wanted to be in Michigan, but our life was still in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So I started a studio in Michigan and it allowed me to be able to travel there pretty much as much as I wanted, as long as I had clients there. Mm -hmm. You know, and this might be a, a you know, too personal of a question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, <laughs> do you see yourself moving all of your shoots and just your studio life out to Palm Springs eventually? Uh, maybe one day. I mean, I think for my career and sort of the goals that I have for my career, I think it's important, at least right now, that I have a base in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I, it could it could go that way, um, which would be, you know, really awesome. Um, but it, it just will depend on kind of my career trajectory. Right, right. Okay, this is a little bit backwards of how I usually interview, but what are your, your career goals that would make you kind of need to stay home base in LA for that? You know, I'm always working to do more commercial and editorial kind of work. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a, a lot of times that's taking place in either Los Angeles or, you know, it could be somewhere else in the country. But yeah, so that I would say that's the, the, the biggest reason why. So anything mm-hmm. industry related, if it was somebody who was like a recognizable person that I was photographing or whatever, it would be most likely happening there versus you know, somebody coming out to Palm Springs or, you know, just happening to be in town. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. And I know you said you're a portrait photographer and obviously, like you just said, you're interested in commercial work and that sort of thing. But at this point, what would you say the split is between just typical portrait clients versus commercial in your business? Let's see. I would say about 60, 40, maybe. Is a split. Okay. Um, yep. You know, I have a steady flow of everyday people coming in that a lot of it has to do with branding kind of stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. lots of authors, architects, even like real estate people. But, um, you know, so people that kind of want to represent their business in a, in a way that's not stereotypical, that's a little mm-hmm. bit more stylized and actually feels more editorial. And then there's just like the, all the other stuff, which is like, you know, like I did a book cover last week jobs that are like they're still I mean I consider everything I do to be portraiture to some capacity but um 
you know, like I'm photographing the head of an all girls school in Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. So it's like that, that specific job is, you know, it's still portraiture, but it's kind of structured different than like an everyday portrait client because I'm dealing with like an entity, you know, which is the school versus like an individual person. Right. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And when you said stylized, that totally makes me think of your work. There is this sort of, I don't know, there's just a different element of your work that isn't just typical. Like, and and it's not like you go, I don't think it's like overboard on like crazy styling or whatever, but there is like, maybe editorial, like you said, stylized editorial. But yeah, I totally feel that when I, when I look at your work. It's really great. Thank you so much. I, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day of like, what I do as a portrait photographer and um, and what sort of came to me and I started, you know, just kind of writing it all out was the thing that I think I'm the most passionate about is actually capturing energy. And so I would say what I do is I actually capture energy and emotion, which is a thing that you actually feel that you can't necessarily see, but I do it mm-hmm. through a visual medium, which is an interesting <laughs> juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, w- I and then I was thinking about, you know, how like the, you know, like your energy, my energy, um, if you think of it as sort of like inside of us and it kind of, you know, starts inside of us and then kind of emanates out the way that we sort of express that is through our body language and through expressions facial expressions through our eyes um so it's like that those elements are sort of the vehicle visually that i use to then capture um an energy that i would say is is sort of an authenticity or an essence of who somebody truly is yeah that's really beautiful to think about it that way i like that Mm -hmm. have you always been a photographer or did you I, i feel it seems to me like you probably are always been an artist in some sort of way well, I've always been creative in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I when I was really young, like five, six years old, I remember I loved to draw a lot. And from there, in my teenage years, I was obsessed with um, music. I taught myself how to play guitar and, you know, piano. And and then in my towards my adult life is when I first picked up a camera and sort of discovered that as like a new avenue of expressing myself artistically. Okay. It- and how did you end up picking up a camera? Uh, so the first time I ever picked up a camera, I was visiting a friend out west, uh, actually here in Palm Springs, before I had moved to the west coast. And he was doing a couple of photo shoots while I was uh, visiting. And during one of the shoots, he handed me one of his old cameras, and he was like, "Can you just take some, you know, like behind the scenes stuff?" Uh, and so I just tried to mimic sort of what I saw him doing, and. That was like the beginning. And then, you know, it was a little bit of a journey to like get to figuring out that I wanted to just photograph people and all of that. But sure, um, yeah. But that was the beginning of it all. Isn't that funny? I, my husband, the reason I picked up a camera, when we got married, he had a DSLR. It was a Nikon D80. And I remember mm-hmm. staring at it thinking, that's a lot of buttons. Like, that's a lot of right. wheels. That's just a lot <laughs> happening. And I was like super intimidated. And he rides yeah. BMX and he was sponsored by this clothing company or whatever. And he's like, you have to take a couple pictures of me in this t-shirt. You know, I just have to send it to him, blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, you have to use my Nikon. And I was like, okay. And I took a couple shots and I was like, oh, damn, that kind of looks good. Like, I like this. Mm -hmm. And then slowly, you know, it's just funny how just that one time of of taking someone's portrait, I was like, okay, I like this. It's Mm -hmm. funny how that works. 
Yep. It was kind of the same for me. It was like, you know, we were like in an ideal, we were outside, like beautiful shaded area and camera was fully automatic setting. So I didn't have to think too much about the, 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 the technical side mm-hmm. of it. But that was like a great introduction because, you know, it kind of helped me to not be completely overwhelmed. Um, yeah. You know, the overwhelm totally. came later on. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't that the truth? So, uh, how did you do the transition from what you were doing for work, you know, before photography into I'm doing this as a full time gig? Okay. So, I, um, before I moved to Los Angeles, I was a personal trainer for like a brief period of time. And that was my first like job outside, like before that I worked retail and, you know, other, other jobs. And so that was like the first sort of thing that I did to move into like having a career of some sort and doing something that I loved at the time. And when I moved to Los Angeles, it, it was the first time where I had to truly be freelance because when I was in Pennsylvania, I just worked at a gym and had like desk hours and that's how I'd pick up clients. And when I moved to LA, it was like all on me to, to build my business from scratch basically. And I had no experience with that. So I had a little bit of that going on. And then, um, and then I decided I wanted to get certified as a massage therapist. So I did that. And then it was really while I was working as a massage therapist that I just kept moving in the direction of the, the end goal, which was to transition from full-time massage therapy to full-time photographer. All right. And when you made that whole transition or whatever, was it something that you started out straight as a shoot and burn? Were you in the studio right away doing packages? Like, how did that look for you? When I first started, I had no idea what I was doing on every level. So I did the thing that I've heard, you know, other photographers talk about, which is, you know, you go researching on Google to see like who has their prices online and sort of think that you have to match your pricing to match their pricing. So I did that. I found like headshot photographers in Los Angeles and the people that I found were more shoot and burn photographers. I didn't have a reference point for what that even was. So to me at the time, I was like, oh, well, this is what successful photographers charge. This is what I should be charging. I shouldn't charge anything more than that. And it was, it was barely anything. I mean, I think I remember at one point charging $150 for like a shoot and a whatever, however many images and the actual, um, you know, the, the, the moments in between like one client to another client were so <laughs> vast <laughs> that yeah. I would, I would change my pricing like 10 times in between. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that too. That's funny. Totally. Cause it just, I never felt like I was landing on anything that mm-hmm. I, I, I just felt like I didn't really know what I was doing or why I was doing it. So I would see one thing, you know, somebody share their pricing and I would be like, Oh, that makes sense. But then I would see yeah, something else. And I'd be like, Oh, that, that makes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just, I was all over the place and it was also, I was on like the lower end pricing wise then too. Mm-hmm. Like I remember at one point charging $250 and feeling like that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, it just that's kind of where where it started, and it was a few years of that of just kind of feeling like I was just kind of flailing around and very not sure about how I was going to do it and make it happen and if I was doing it the correct way. Do you know what your like portrait sales average is now? 
I don't know exactly, but I'm going to guess it is okay. So if we're just talking like everyday people, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say uh, it's probably somewhere around twenty five hundred dollars. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, and I also you know with the SBE kind of model or the portrait system model. I've sort of taken elements of that and applied them to my business. And then there's things that I do that are a little bit different. Um, like one thing is I don't actually sell very many prints to those kind of clients. And so mm-hmm. early on, I was just like, okay, so if I'm not selling a lot of prints, I just need to price myself at a place that I still feel good about my business and how much money I can make, you know, selling the the digitals. And I did go with the idea of like, okay, I'm going to price like my digitals. That's sort of like what the first print price would be so that people yeah if they are thinking about buying prints it would make sense to just do it you know I like that I'm not a big print seller either I don't know some people absolutely love it and make a killing at it and it is feels really good to them for me it just Mm -hmm. I don't know it just stressed me out so I just didn't (laughs) I don't (laughs) I feel the same way it does kind of stress me out sometimes and yeah, I've gone through periods in my business where it's something that I've tried to really push and have had varying levels of success. But I also just attract a lot of clients who the, the purpose of why they're coming to me is different from that. And it's just like the kind of photos I'm taking of them. It's like, I don't know. It just like doesn't seem to always align with that. So I just figured I'm just going to go with it and I'm not going to create more tension than is needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think if I had my shit together more and I had like a an office manager or something, I would have been more successful with it because then that person could have taken on that role of the ordering and shipping and all of that. But I just I just couldn't get my shit together enough to do it. <laughs> and that you know, like, well, oh well, I just won't do it then. Yep, I know that feeling. Do you feel like there was a specific turning point? Because to go from thinking two hundred fifty dollars is a lot to all of a sudden. Well, I I know it's not all of a sudden, but to now having this $2,500 sales average, was there a Mm -hmm. specific turning point? Yeah. I mean, I would say there's been multiple points in my career that have been like big moments or big turning points. One of them was, so, you know, super ice. I remember, I remember years before this, probably like four years before this, randomly coming across this woman who would make everyday women look beautiful. And she was from New Zealand at the time, I think, or I think that's where she was living when I first saw. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And this was back when I was like, not even sure how to take a proper photo. And I thought it was really cool. And then like that was, you know, I didn't think about it for a number of years. And then somehow it came back around and I saw her again. And then I just happened to be on, I think there was a blog that she had at the time. And she posted that she was doing a talk, a free talk, that she was only publicizing on this blog at somewhere in downtown LA. And I was like, okay, I need to just go to this thing. And I'd never been a part of anything that she was doing at the time um, before then. And so I went to that talk, which, you know, of course blew my mind. And I think that was technically the first time I met you, but we didn't really like officially meet. It was the, you know, being in the line of like, take a picture with Sue at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so hard because it's like, you want to talk more to people, but you can't because it's like, there's other people waiting. It's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like, yeah, it's like sort of awkward. And I was imagining how awkward it probably is for you guys and everything. So it was, um, yeah, it was just that quick moment. And from there I started, I think I joined 
SBE. And then I started um, actually learning a little bit more about pricing. And, you know, it was a pretty wild concept to me at the time to, to charge so much more than what I was charging. But there was also a part of me that I knew I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would say that was w- one big turning point. And from there, I was like, you know, I got to start doing this at some point because like, <laughs> it's up to me to just raise my prices. So I, I did. And I, th- I think it was like $450. I, do, I, I think it was the first time I, the idea of charging like a session fee came into play, which was maybe like $150 and then $450 for however many photos. And so I just slowly started down that road, you know, being incredibly uncomfortable. And <laughs> I, so many phone calls and emails and just feeling so uncomfortable to say the pricing out loud. And and it's also interesting because I recognize now, looking back, that every single time I've increased my pricing, it seems like the universe throws my way. Like the very first people will be like, they'll challenge it. It's almost like the universe is asking like, okay, do you really believe in this? <laughs> and so I'm kind of used to it now. I'm kind of used to like, initially there's like a little bit of a pushback and then I just stick with it. And then, and then there's like a breakthrough and then it's not a big deal. And so, so that was a big, I would say the, the first moment when I started to realize, okay, I need to, to really expand this whole concept that I have, if it's going to be successful. And then Another huge turning point for my business was on the other side of lockdown during COVID, I decided to hire a marketing team and that completely changed my business just because they were in charge of doing, you know, uh, uh, Facebook, Google, Mm, Instagram ads. mm -hmm. And so now I was just getting in front of a lot more people on a regular basis. And that was when there was like a huge level up in terms of just my busyness and like how, how the consistency of the amount of people that were coming in and the amount of inquiries. And, you know, it was a little overwhelming at first because it was such a shift from where I was at. Cause before that, I mean, I was busy and I was, I was a full-time photographer before that for a, a little while. There was just like more of an ebb and flow of like, you know, being really busy and then not so busy and then really busy. And um, when I did the marketing company thing, it was like consistently being busy uh, and just, you know, in a way that I hadn't experienced before. Yeah. Well, it, it seemed like it was almost twofold. One, it seems like the mindset had to come first. Like, even though it was scary and, you know, uncomfortable to raise your prices or whatever, it feels like maybe you had to get there first. And then mm-hmm. it's the shift started with your marketing team. Like, do you think that's right? That if you hadn't done the mindset stuff first? Yes. I think that mindset is everything. Yeah, You know, I, I was thinking right before this podcast, I was sort of reflecting on just that or like where I'm at now with my mindset around money, around business, around just my life in general and how different it is from when I first started or from even a few years ago and how it continues to, to evolve um, on this journey. And yeah, I mean, mindset is everything. There was, you know, back then my mindset was was much more centered around a scarcity belief system and more shame, more um, guilt, more d- just doubting my, my ability to mm-hmm. be able to be a good photographer, to be able to be successful, to be able to make a lot of money, 
you know, I would say that the, the, the core, a core belief that I work a lot on, it was just, I am not capable, you know, so that's where I started. So you had to work through that belief to challenge that belief. Yes. And I mean, I think it's like a, I don't think it's completely black and white in terms of like, okay, your mindset has to shift and then this shifts. Cause I think it, it, it can kind of coexist together because, you know, like when I was really scared to price myself higher, I still had that scarcity belief system, but I also yeah. chose to take steps in that direction, even though I wasn't comfortable, which is something that I, that's a conversation I'll have a lot with photographers today, which is, you know, if you're waiting until you feel ready to up your prices or ready to make a move, like you might be essentially wasting a whole lot more time than you need to, than if you would just open yourself up and be willing to walking in that direction and being okay that you might fail a little bit or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you might not make a sale or whatever. Like if you just move, start to move in that direction before you feel like you're ready, that's, I believe, like how you ha kind of have to do it because that's how you become confident, I think. That's such good advice. Such yeah. good advice. I don't know anyone who didn't break out into a cold sweat the first time they said their packages start at $1,200. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that shit's scary. Like, it's not, you know, it's... I remember there was something that Sue said that was really important that I think stuck with a lot of people was, especially, definitely stuck with me, was with change comes pain. And it doesn't have to be like that I'm curled up in a ball, like writhing in pain sort of thing, but mm -hmm. uncomfortableness and fear and all of that. Like if you're going to make big changes, which raising your prices to industry standards like that, it's a big change. Mm -hmm. It's going to change your whole mm -hmm. life. It's going to give you a stable income. Like there's big changes there. And you mm -hmm. have to go through that uncomfortableness and quote unquote pain to get there. I guess. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but I think most people do. Yeah. I think, didn't she do, she did a, a talk that was basically like, choose your pain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but that's good advice. Like you have to be open to feeling uncomfortable. You just mm -hmm. have to. And then Aaron, tell us about your marketing team. I'm really interested in this. Yeah. So I actually, I found them through somebody else who's a part of this community who who told me about them and, you know, I just decided to, to try them out and they, uh, they, so they basically handle all online advertising and they sort of set up a sales funnel kind of thing. I don't know if you call it a sales funnel or like a, just a funnel from like, you know, people can, can now set up a call if they want to set up a time to have a consultation, which didn't exist before. I also, through them, created a, a completely a second website because I had, you know, like the stereotypical photographer's websites where it's like you go on and it's just a portfolio of their work and you have to go hunting for like mm -hmm. how you're going to hire this person. Yep. So <laughs> that was me. And <laughs> I still, I still have that website because I've for the other stuff that I do, I think that's totally fine to have just like a portfolio of more sort of editorial kind of work. And then just to make it very clear to somebody finding me or finding the studio that they can absolutely, you know, hire us to photograph them. I created a studio website that was geared more towards, towards that client specifically. And so there's just lots of calls to action. There's client feedback there's uh you know you can book your own consultation 
you know, all of that stuff that just didn't exist on the, it doesn't exist on the other website. But it was through them that I kind of learned that and I kind of followed their direction initially to, to kind of create the bones of it myself. And then they went in and adjusted things and changed some stuff up. And, you know, I just like, this is stuff that I hate doing. Like I hate, I mean, I've tried to do like Facebook ads and I've never had a great return myself and it's super confusing. And so, you know, I thought if I just delegate this to somebody who knows what they're doing, I could probably benefit greatly from that. Yeah. So smart. You know, I mean, I, I, I am excited for the day when I get to delegate everything except for picking up my camera. (laughs) (laughs) Most aspects of business, like I don't enjoy necessarily, but Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, it's like, Again, it's like you got to just be uncomfortable and do the shit that you're, you know, that you don't like sometimes if yeah. you really truly want to be successful or reach your goals. Totally. So the the team, they do your Facebook ads. They mm-hmm. do the funnel, like the inquiry funnel. Yeah, they basically just they just set it up cuz I didn't have anything before this. Okay, um, so they set it up but it still comes through you and you respond to the inquiries. Yeah, like it's up to me to respond to inquiries, to do the phone consultations, to um, to take care of like when somebody shows up in this this kind of like funnel, I have to, you know, keep track of where they're at in the whole system. Um, but they'll do things like if I wanted to run a promotion or if I wanted to do a newsletter or whatever, like they would be in charge of getting that together and then making sure it's going out. And to be honest, there's, I mean, as I'm saying that, it's like, that's something that's been on my list for a long time. It's like a newsletter, still haven't done it. So things like that, that I, you know, could be taking even greater advantage of the service. And they'll even do Google ads. And another thing that I did with a separate company that actually reached out to me that I'd never heard of was they pitched that what they do is they will make sure that your business listing is on like the first uh, page of searches on Google if you're searching for certain keywords. So I paid a company, you know, like 300 bucks a month for maybe three months to make that happen. And they actually delivered on what they said. So that was a big deal because I, I do now get more like cold inquiries from people that say they just found me searching on Google. Nice. And that even sometimes the book cover that I just shot with uh, Penguin Random House came through that. Like the, the creative director said he was literally just searching for photographers <laughs> and came across my website. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a huge, a hugely beneficial thing that I invested in for sure. Very cool. What does something like this cost? So if, you know, someone's out there listening and, and wants to hire a team like this, you know, what would they expect to spend? Okay. So I am currently spending a lot on this. I haven't done a ton of research to see like what else exists out there. The company that I'm working with only works with photographers. And I know there's marketing te- companies that, you know, work with all in different kinds of industries and whatever. So I am currently paying uh, them $2,000 a month. And then I'm investing about a thousand dollars a month on the actual ads themselves, you know. So it's like it's something where you know if you're just starting out, like spending three thousand dollars a month on basically advertising, that's a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would never have been able to do it for a, a long time. 
But I mean, if you get your average up, it's like one, one and a half ish, not even shoots. Well, yeah, and if like cover if it. Ni- yeah, if ninety percent of your work is actually coming through this, then <laughs> it's it's worth it because it's like okay, well, if I was not going to have ninety percent of this work without it, then you know, yeah, I think it's I, I mean, it's paid off like beyond. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean. I would say overall it's been worth it. And, you know, at some point I may look into just seeing what else exists and if there is possibly a way to yeah. you know, pay a little bit less to get kind of a similar service. But for now, this is just how it's all working. Yeah, very cool. And then let's talk a little bit about your pricing. I know you said you, you know, you don't like promote the whole print side of your business, but so for digitals, how does that work? Do you is it all a la carte or do you have packages? Tell us about that. Um, so I have I have a la carte, meaning just like a single digital image price, and then I have packages start at four images, so like four images, eight images, fifteen images. If it goes beyond that, I have it written down somewhere. I, like I don't know it off the top of my head. I would have to pull it out, you know. But yeah, so that's basically, and then I have a session fee. I don't include hair and makeup in my session fee. So the session fee just goes, all of it goes directly to me. And then if somebody is doing hair and makeup, they pay one of my hair and makeup people directly. And, you know, it's just, it's very straightforward. Even as I say that though, it's really interesting how, um, you know, when I'm telling people my prices, I will say, okay, so I have uh, my my session fee is four ninety. That covers the photo shoot and the photo ordering appointment. That's due at the time of booking the session, meaning on the call right now if you're going to book it. And then the images are two ninety a piece, and the packages start at a thousand dollars for four. So you know, if you go with you know more images, they're they they're a little cheaper per image the more that you buy. And it's interesting how some people have been so taught to think of photography in like a shoot and burn way that it just won't register <laughs> in their brains. And they'll be like, wait, so there's a, so I have to pay for the shoot. And then I have to, and sometimes it takes me like five minutes to explain this very simple, you know, breakdown. And I find that interesting because I just think, you know, that, that, that's kind of, what so many people in our industry have have done, you know, it's just kind of like train people to think about this in such a different way. And now we're kind of changing all of that and, and, and helping people to understand that, that, you know, we don't do it that way anymore. Right. Right. It, it is a little bit of a shift, I think, to the general public. I feel like it's, we're getting there. The more people that actually take this model on, the easier it becomes for all of us. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. we we don't have to explain that you don't get a hundred digitals for you know five hundred dollars anymore, right? Like it's just becoming more and more common. But well, yeah. And yeah. if you think about it, like if everybody charged a baseline of something and nobody could get the service for less than that, right? <laughs> it would that would change everything. It becomes you know? the norm. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking about this with my neighbor, and oh my gosh, this is a weird topic to switch to but like with my hearing aids for example I was just camping and I lost one of them and I was flipping out like god damn it that's gonna be a thousand dollars like couldn't find it couldn't find it because they were a thousand dollars each for each one Mm. and my cousin like five minutes before we were going home my my cousin found it like in the dirt under a picnic table and I was like oh Oh my gosh thank you like I was so happy (laughs) anyway so I was talking with my 80 year old neighbor about it who also wears hearing aids and he's like, man, I paid like 3000 for mine and blah, blah, blah. And we were just talking about it. And I'm like, how cool would it be 
if there was this company that just charged less and then we could spend less, but I'm like, but there isn't because everyone charges, you know, at least two grand for hearing aids. And anyways, I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, it's a business model, right? Like Mm -hmm. they all start at X amount. It is just known if you're going to buy hearing aids, you're going to spend at least two grand. And I get mine at Costco, which is like the cheapest, you know? So it's like same with photographs. Like if we Mm -hmm. just know going into it that this is what you're going to spend, that's just what it is, you know? Just like people expect to spend that much on hearing aids. Okay, now hearing aids, photos, you know, whatever. They're both important, but one makes obviously makes me hear. But it's still, anyone who gets hearing aids knows they're going to spend that much. Yes. And how absolutely. great would it be if anyone who's getting a photo shoot knows it's going to be this much, you know? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, I'll tell people flat out if they sort of question the pricing a little bit. I, I've said before to people, you know, all, all of my personal peers in the industry, like they, they charge either, either what I'm charging or more. Mm-hmm. So this is just, this is just what it is. Like, this is what I, this is, this is all I know at this point. There just isn't, there isn't anything less. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I was one, one more quick story. I was at a, um, I started playing golf, <laughs> um, this year. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I'm joining a golf league. And afterwards <laughs> we were all sitting having drinks. And one of the ladies was like, Oh my God, my daughter's senior photographer is charging two grand. And I like looked around, I'm like, that's actually really normal. Like, I'm surprised it's not more, to be honest. You know, and she was like, really? And everyone's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's really typical and common. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I think it's just keeping that conversation going, mm-hmm. you know, and helping people understand that if we don't charge as much, we can't stay in business. Right. I also... I just like to remind myself too, like if I, if I have a consultation that goes awry and, you know, it's clear that the reason they're not going to hire me is because of my pricing. I just like remind myself, like, I'm like, dude, there's 7 billion people on the planet. There's 17 million people in Los Angeles. Like, and it's like, it's just business. Like some people are are not going to hire me. A lot of people are, and there's more than enough people on this planet to, you know, for every photographer in existence to make really good money. So yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It's all Law good. of averages. Some people are going to say yes and people are going to say no. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, as far as I know you, you said you have this kind of marketing team that implements different strategies, but do you find that one strategy works over others like Facebook ads versus Google versus in-person networking, that sort of thing? I mean, the Facebook ads have done really well. For, for whatever reason, what I've found to be the most successful consistently are, are like ads that are what I would call more generalized, that just sort of speak about capturing the essence of who you are, capturing yourself authentically. They're not about like Black Friday or a, or a holiday or whatever. They're just these generalized ads, and those always bring the highest return. Anytime that we've tried to do promotions of some kind or around different, you know, different times of the year or whatever. It honestly, for me, has not been that great. And it's interesting because I see so many other people that it works really well for them. And I don't know, it could be, again, going back to mindset, you know, I, I always feel a little bit like I'm being sort of gimmicky when it's like, I don't know, like, get your pictures for Valentine's Day with your loved one or whatever, even though mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. totally legit thing. It's just... I always just feel a little 
weird. Like, why can't I just be a photographer that people are going to hire all year round because this is what I do and right. it's what I'm known for, kind of. And so maybe it's that mindset that kind of keeps the <laughs> keeps these promotional kind of things from from taking off, possibly. You know, but the, but again, it's like the the generalized. There's always generalized ads running sort of all the time, all year round, and those are the ones that continue to to bring in you know the highest return. And like the word of mouth thing, you know, I feel like that's something that just builds over time. You know, you just have to photograph more people or talk to more people and then those people talk about you. And I feel like a big part of business is about building momentum, like energetically and physically. And, you know, so there's many times in my career when if I wasn't, if I wasn't that busy with paid shoots, I would just set up free shoots just to stay creative. Uh Because the thing too is like, okay, it's like, I, I do see people get what I would say a little too caught up in like the pricing stuff and be like, I'm never going to work for free or I'm never going to blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I understand that idea. And again, I think it's really important to not approach life from a black and white standpoint. I think that that's detrimental in a lot of ways. And I, so I try to look at things from sort of a gray area of like, yes, it's obviously super important to get paid really well for what we do. And there's huge benefits to just creating for the sake of creating because it's what we love to do. And there's a lot of good that can come out of doing just creating for the sake of creating, you know, you can create stuff that you can share that will lead to more work. You can create something that just feels really meaningful to you. You just get better every time at your craft, you know, which is super important, or at least it is to me. Um, the pressure's off, you know, like I love doing a free shoot because the pressure's off. <laughs> There's like, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. like I can, it's like, okay, if the shoot goes to shit, like it's fine. Like, yeah, you know, totally. I'm just doing it for, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for the person maybe that I'm photographing or whatever. And yeah, there's just yeah. no pressure. But when I'm doing something and it's like, if it's a book cover and I'm getting paid $19,000, it's like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, time to really step this one up. (laughs) Yeah, like this one image has to be everything. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm getting better at that of, you know, just not putting that pressure on myself, even when it is a big paying job. Um, But, you know, yeah, I I like that experience of, of consistently having just low pressure kind of stuff to work on. Yeah, it is nice. And it, and it allows us, I think, to be a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, try new things as well. I love doing fun shoots, you know, just for fun, something different. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I work really good under pressure. I work really good when I have just like a little bit of time because I've just had so many projects and things where it's like you just don't have much time. Or if you're photographing somebody who's like a famous or whatever, a lot of times you just don't have much time with them. And, so I've gotten really good in that type of a setting. So if I, like some of my favorite shoots, I would just randomly come across somebody on Facebook that I'm friends with that I've never met who I just like, oh, I want to photograph them. I'd reach out to them, set up the shoot, go there the next day on location. Just take, you know, like just the gear that I know I'm going to use and it's just me and we shoot for an hour. And then I have these great images that I share in my portfolio, that I share on my social media, that that they share and tag me. And then that always leads to more work. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I've had the exact same experience. And it's some of the, just the funnest creative times. Mm-hmm. 
I've done it too when I was trying to add in a new genre. Like I remember I really wanted to amp up my uh, maternity portfolio. Mm -hmm. So I put a call out in a Facebook group. I was like, hey, you know, who's pregnant? It was like a West Seattle Facebook group or something. I was like, who's pregnant? Who needs, you know, who's between Mm -hmm. like seven and nine months pregnant and would be my model? And I'm trying to remember, I think I might have had them pay for hair and makeup which at the time I think I bargained with my stylist. It was like 150 bucks or something. But they got these gorgeous portraits out of it and I got a new portfolio and it was great. Yeah, I had done, no problem. Yeah, I love that. I, I did that not that long ago because I was getting, um, the thing that I was hearing over and over were people thinking that I just did like in-studio work. And I thought, okay, I must be, that must be what I'm primarily sharing. And even though it's like, I, I don't have that perception of myself, but I thought if that's what the general perception of me is, you know, out there, then I need to change that. So or I wanted to change that. And, um, so I just, yeah, I just started setting up on location shoots just for fun. And, um, you know, it really like, if you get all the mental bullshit out of the way, it really doesn't take that long to, to, to like, <laughs> build a portfolio or to, you know, if I had, if you gave me like four days and as long as like there were a few people that were available, like I could just create like a whole body of work, like right there, you know, that would make me, I'm sure massive amounts of money and would give me content for days, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, you just did it at the Portrait Masters conference. You photographed a couple different people in like just a matter of minutes. That's it's funny amazing. Stuff, like, that's, that's what I was just thinking of because I was like, yeah, we we had the you know, cat uh, and I had you know our shooting bay and, um, yeah, I mean, I would say I probably spent a grand total of thirty minutes over the course of those three days photographing like five or six people, um, and they would just be like, I'd just like stop by, like come to the booth for three seconds. I just need you for like <laughs> three minutes, and we'll create something amazing, and yep. you know. And that's, that's all I needed. And yeah, and now it's this kind of like cool, cohesive body of work that's, um, has some sort of similarities and whatever to it. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's totally awesome. doable. But I think Aaron, most, most people starting out or even some people have been doing this forever. They, you know, doing shoots like that in a couple minutes can be tricky unless you keep practicing. Like mm-hmm. it's, I feel like doing these kind of free shoots or portfolio building work is not necessarily just for our portfolio. It keeps our skills, like it hones in our skills. It keeps us fresh. It keeps us fast. Like, I mean, I can do, I can do shoot like with my eyes closed in my, in a personal branding mm-hmm. studio. Like it's nothing in, you know, six outfits, 60 minutes done and done. Like, but it didn't mm-hmm. start like that. Like I had to really practice and, and keep yeah. doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a very valuable aspect of it. You just get better at what you do and more confident. I remember recognizing years ago that um, when I was more in that that state of my business where I would be busy for a while and then I would have you know a couple of weeks where I would have nothing in those couple of weeks if I didn't pick up my camera at all and I was just waiting for the next paid gig to show up, I would start to like doubt myself. I would just be less confident in my abilities in that amount of time. And so that's when I started to really recognize the the value of just continually picking up my camera so that I don't even give myself the time in between to for that, that self-doubt to kind of creep in. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. Yeah. And, and again, like that changes over time because now I would say if I didn't pick up my camera for two weeks, I don't know that I would have those insecurities showing up. 
and that's something that has developed over years, you know? So, you know, again, it's just like part of the journey and everything continuously is, is changing and evolving over time. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. I feel like you are, are like you. just, you've only just begun, <laughs> you know? I know it's, it's funny cause I've been, you know, I've been a photographer for like 12 years and I really do feel like right now I'm kind of beginning in a way that feels really exciting. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I, there were years, years in the past where I, I think it's really valuable to, you know, like write down your goals. And there's been different periods of my life where that was part of like my morning routine where I would, um, every morning I would read my goals out loud. There was one point where I would put on this like gladiator music <laughs> in the background and I would just walk around my place and just read my goals out loud as powerful as I could. And, you know, now, you know, it took a couple of years and then all of a sudden some of those big goals started to actually happen. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty wild. It's pretty awesome. Um, Heck yeah. How Very that cool. works. But yeah, I mean, as those things starting to happen, it's, in a way it feels like the beginning of something much, much bigger. And I love, again, like when people say things about how much I uh, charge now, a part of me, I'll just chuckle to myself because I think like, you know, this is, this moment right now is the cheapest you're ever going to be able to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So funny. like, you know, it's only up from here, you know, like I'm uh, a year from now, most likely going to be charging more than I do now, you know, and yeah. five, 10 years from now, it's going to be a whole different ballpark, you know? So yeah, I mean, but that, that's sort of the mindset shift from sort of like scarcity to, I would say, expansion. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of this. Very interesting. And I'm just picturing you in Palm Springs with, like, I freaking love Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Have you spent a lot of time here? No, I've only been there, let's see, one, two, three, maybe four. No, wait, one, two, three, four. Maybe five times. Four okay. or five times. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite places. I love the desert. There's something about the desert mm-hmm. to me that is just mind blowing. It almost looks like cartoonish or something. Like, how can that be real? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. especially it's here. So I mean, cool. 300, 360 degrees. We're surrounded by mountains. Yes. Um, and the pops of color with the flowers, pops or of like color. Oh, it's so cool. The sunrises, sunsets are gorgeous. Um, the weather is beautiful. I mean, yeah, it feels like living in paradise slash on vacation half the time. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Very cool. If my husband would move to the desert, I totally would. I would have been there instead <laughs> of Seattle. <laughs> he doesn't like the heat, though. So we compromise. <laughs> it gets really hot here sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like 120 imagine. degrees. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, that part's not quite as fun, but I'd, I'd take it over negative 10 Michigan. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why you just get a place with a pool. And then as long as you've got some shade, you can be in the pool all day. Yeah, there you go. I'm just planning as I'm like looking at the calendar and I'm planning. I already planned us a trip to Jamaica. Now I'm looking at a month in Costa Rica in March. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Uh, We'll see if we can pull it off. Anyway, I do have a couple more questions for you that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? It's funny. I knew you were going to ask this. And I was like, I still didn't come up with any more. <laughs> because I was like, there's so many things that, I mean, okay, I'll just say this because 
this is what I always have on my photo shoot. So I primarily shoot with, um, so I have a Canon R5 now and, um, I primarily shoot with a 24 to 105 lens, which I oh, don't nice. think is thought of as your stereotypical portrait, um, Mm-mm. lens. <laughs> is it, I think it's the, their kit lens, isn't it? No, you can, I mean, there might be a kit version, but there's, um, there's also the, the, I, I forget what it's called. Like the, like an elevated version. version or something else. Yeah. You right? know, yeah, they're, well, they have the L series, but now they have the R series for the okay. yeah, yeah. for the R five or whatever. And I honestly started using it just because that's what I had at the time um, years ago. And then I've gotten so used to it um, that I mean, the thing that's interesting about it is, you know, if you it, it can distort things quite a bit. So you know, you're photographing a person, not always the best, or oftentimes not the best at all. But if you, uh, but I got so used to just like the, the wide aspect of it. Cause you know, when you zoom out or whatever, it's, it's like, you just, you can get a much wider image. So I just started to really love it. And I would say, I mean, out of everything that I do, I mean, I'm usually most of the time shooting with that lens. So that's probably the best answer I could give. Sweet. Awesome. I like that. No one's ever said that. All right. Number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? When I'm not working, I'm like, is there a time when I'm not working? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding because I, 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 I make a point of actually not working all the time. A lot of um, people say that though. They're like, am I ever not working? Right. It's easy to, it's easy to do that and then to burn out. And that was actually a conversation that came up quite a bit during the last conference a couple weeks ago with some very high level people just talking about burnout basically um Mm -hmm. like becoming successful and then thinking that like okay i need to keep this this massive thing going and then burning ourselves out because which i realized in having those conversations that's an interesting mindset to have because in a way i believe for myself when i have that mindset i'm actually saying to the universe, like, okay, this is all great, this big thing that we've created, but I don't necessarily believe that it can last. So I need to compromise myself and run myself into the ground and do all of these things just to, to be worthy of this thing that uh-huh. we've created, like continuing, which, you know, what I really believe now is that that I'm always attracting more work, more clients, my goals to me, whether I'm sitting down actively working or I'm playing with my dog, you know, mm-hmm. I believe that it's all coinciding. It's all working together. Like the universe is conspiring to actually like, like the universe and I are on the same team and we're all doing this thing together. And the universe is way bigger than, you know, than the four hours that I spend sitting at my computer. <laughs> yes. So, oh my yeah. gosh. Totally. Totally. It's like restructuring in my brain that it's okay to like sit and read or like stare off into space if I want for an hour, you know, and like, it's okay if I want to sit here and do nothing. Yeah. Like I think creativity oftentimes comes out of boredom. So Mm -hmm. you need downtime. You need time where you're not actively doing anything where you can just chill and let your mind wander and, you know, so, so to answer your question, like I'll spend time with my dog, um, spend time in my pool in Palm Springs just spending time with friends, 
lately I've been going out to eat constantly almost every night of the week. (laughs) I love going out to eat. That's something that after I had kids, I don't do as much anymore. So like on nights that, you know, my, my, my husband and I are always trying to make sure we each get some downtime without the kids. I mean, I love my children, of course, but you know, you need some alone time mm-hmm. and I'll go out to eat by myself. <laughs> and everyone's like, you got to eat by yourself. And I'm like, yes. And I love it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I like going out to eat with friends and my husband too, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, There's yeah. something about just, I love going out to eat. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And like in Palm Springs, things like that are so easy. Like LA, well now LA to me, there's an aspect of it that just feels like a struggle in yeah. terms of like, the traffic's always really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, you always have to a lot for a, like a big chunk of time to mm-hmm. get somewhere and to get home and all this stuff. And when I'm in Palm Springs, everything's just easier and faster. So mm-hmm. um, you can be way more spontaneous with like, let's go out to eat and um, all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I love, I love that. I would say I, I pretty, I kind of live very spontaneously. And so you know, at least when I'm single, it's at times caused issues in relationship because, you know, if you're with somebody who's a little bit more of a planner and you're like, I don't know what I want to do this weekend. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. yeah no, totally. <laughs> but when I'm, when I'm single, when I'm by myself, like I, it's kind of, I live like that a lot. And so I, um, I sometimes don't have plans when the weekend shows up and I just kind of see what happens or, I'll, you know, just figure something out. But oh, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah. It's nice. I mean, um, I started recently, um, I hosted my first adult party ever, like a pool party, because I've oh, always only yeah. ever done parties when I've been in a relationship. And yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it's like so much fun. I was like, wow, I'm actually good at throwing a party. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's such a great thing to do on your downtime, you know, to just surround yourself with, with all the people you love mm-hmm. and um, just create a great atmosphere where you know, good people get to meet each other and hang out and I'll get to connect and chill and just, you know, it's great. Totally. Love it. All right. Number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote? Mm, Okay. My favorite inspirational quote is by Pema Chodron and it is Compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship between equals. Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. Compassion becomes real when we recognize our shared humanity. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and I mean, I've always loved that quote, but I think it is a perfect quote even for portrait photography because you know, something that people will ask me often is like, how do you get that energy in the photograph or that, that strong connection with your subject? And I'm like, well, okay, you go to therapy, you learn how to grieve like your lost childhood. (laughs) Um, You do inner child work, you know, like just basically like work on yourself, like, Uh like get in touch with yourself first and process that you know, which is obviously it's never, I don't think it's ever ending. I think it's an ongoing journey. And, you know, that is the journey that allows us to connect more deeply to ourselves. And then connecting more deeply to ourselves, we develop that stronger sense of compassion. And if, if you're somebody who has gone through some, you know, really intense shit in your childhood or in your life, I believe that, that, that we're the type of people that are given the opportunity through that difficulty to actually develop a stronger level of compassion and empathy. And then 
we use that to connect and create a safe space for our subjects, even if it's two minutes that we have with them, really create that safe space where, where they feel connected and they feel like it's safe to be present in that moment with you. And that's whenever the magic happens, you know? So I think that, that, I mean, that, that's why, that's why this, this quote is so important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love the self-reflection piece of it. You know, it's, yeah, it's amazing. All right. Uh, number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? I would tell people that are just starting out to just continue to move forward towards your goals. And that, again, it's not a black and white thing. So it doesn't look like every single day you're just like full steam ahead, like, you know, slaying the, you know, slaying your day. It's like, there are days when it feels, I mean, for me, where it felt like I was doing nothing to move towards my goals. But what I would always return to was, okay, this is my purpose. This is what I believe I was put on the planet to do. And so, you know, if I had a day or two or a week where I felt completely disconnected, I would eventually return to that and then continue to, to move forward. Um, and I think that I, don't know, I heard a quote, or I don't know if this is something people somebody said, but I think it's really true that like I think that 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 actually determines success much more than just skill or raw talent. You know, I think that raw talent by itself is not going to make you successful. And Agreed. Mm-hmm. Raw talent that's not developed is also not going to make you successful. I think if you have raw talent with something like I like to look at the people who are the best in their field, you know, across the board and all different kinds of industries and whatever. It's like people may start with raw ta- talent, but then they work their asses off to refine it, to continue to grow, to continue to become better. And, and then it's through that process and through, I mean, also like the common denominator too is never giving up, just like continuing to move forward, no matter what is going on, like just holding that vision and I guess I see I see so many people that it seems like you know they they feeling like giving up. They feel like okay, I'm just this is this just isn't happening for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. You know, I've had so many moments over the last ten years where I've felt that way. And the other, the other thing I would say is just start to develop a relationship with the idea of failure and start to reframe that to as long as you're not giving up ultimately meaning in the big picture you're not really technically failing in my mind you're you're just learning and if you have that willingness to show up for the process and to make mistakes that's really the only way that you're going to learn that's the only way you're going to learn the technical aspects of photography or how to interact with people how to do a phone consultation is going to be through taking the action and messing it up sometimes and learning through the mess up and then getting better at it. If you're waiting until you feel ready, or I think that's a reason why so many, um, so many people will ask all these like technical questions. Uh, like if they see a photograph they love, they'll be like, "What kind of camera did you use? Like, what were your settings?" What did... And I think that all, I mean, intuitively, a lot of times to me that feels like it's coming from a place of fear and a place of, of feeling like, okay, if I can just do it exactly like this person did, then I'm not going to mess it up. When, you know, it's not what it's about, you know, you can create something beautiful with just about any camera, any lens, any, 
lighting situation if if you have the courage to just kind of like show up to the process and figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Aaron. Where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Um, so online, like Instagram, Facebook, everything is at Aaron J. Young. So it's spelled out A-A-R-O-N-J-A-Y-Y-O-U-N-G. The studio website that I was talking about earlier is AaronJYoungStudio.com. And then my other website that's more of that sort of just editorial portfolio is just AaronJYoung.com. Awesome. Cool. Well, I look forward to the next time I get to see you in person. And yeah, thanks again. Have a great week. Thank you so much. It's lovely to chat. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.